Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. And a very good morning. Welcome to the program. Another week. Yes, Patty and Heels away. For those that uh, missed the big show on Friday, a celebration on the rooftop. It was terrific. And those who did attend, hope you had an enjoyable time and met a couple of uh, Queensland legends. I don't know where to start with how good Friday was with Matt Cook and Duncan Armstrong and Dick Johnson and Rob Heathcote together and Matt Denny, who turned up about an hour before everyone else. That excited to be part of what was a great show. And then our guests on the phone, Wayne Bennett and Kevy Walters, etc. If you missed any of uh, those interviews for Friday, don't worry. Over the next couple of weeks, we're playing the best of Pat and Heels. A um, couple of great interviews today. We'll hear from uh, Sally Pearson and Mark Taylor, amongst a, a plethora of others. And I'll try and um, find time to play Rupert's poem from Friday as well. That was outstanding, uh, the tribute to Paddy on Friday morning up on the rooftop. Yeah, so Paddy and Heels away for the next couple of weeks. I'll be here until uh, December 23, playing the best of Pat and Heels on summer breakfast. But 13, 13, 55, the Brighton Homes open line doesn't change, and nor does the text line, 0467 736 736. Got a couple of good prizes to give away as well today, so make sure you have that phone number handy. I'd also like to get your thoughts on the cricket over the weekend. How I, I, I get a, I'm disappointed. I'm just really disappointed with the effort of the West Indies. It wasn't really a test match, was it? Uh, dismissed for 77. In the second innings, they were never going to win the match. They were never going to win the series. They were not really expected to push the Aussies at all. I mean, the first test, I think they exceeded expectations. The second test, they slipped back into what we expected. Right from the first ball, day one of this test in Adelaide, they just seemed way off the pace. The tactics, the captaincy, everything about it was pretty ordinary. And then to be rolled for 77 uh, in the second innings, in reasonable batting conditions. Uh, you can't say that, uh, you know, it was hostile when the Australians batted so well. Uh, just very disappointing. Scotty Boland did it again, three wickets in and over, which set up that collapse uh, on, what was it, Saturday night. And then Michael Neeser cleaning up with Mitch Stark yesterday, each of them taking three wickets and Nathan Lyon a wicket as the West Indies were bowled out for 77. So Australia win the series by two tests to nil. And now we focus on South Africa, which is here at the Gabba, of course, starting on Saturday. And the, the word is it might be a sellout on day one. So if you are going to the test on Saturday, I'd love to hear from you, 13, 13, 55. Also, I'd like to hear from you with regards to your thoughts on the test and whether or not it was a good way to start the summer, uh, heading into what promises to be a much better uh, series against the South Africans. Steve Smith was actually asked about that at his press conference after the match yesterday on whether or not it was a soft preparation for this uh, three-test series, which starts on Saturday against the South Africans. No, I don't think there's, there's any concerns. Um, probably not ideal that a few of our batters, um, you know, from six onwards haven't had a great deal of time in the middle. That's um, probably the only... Um, 
real concern, if you want to call it that. But um, they're also spending a lot of time in the nets batting and, and batting well. So um, I, I think it's, it's been a, a good series for us. Um, we've played good cricket and hopefully we can take that into South Africa, I think. Uh, as you said, I think it's a, it's a big step up. They've got a quality pace attack, um, some experience there, and uh, yeah, makes makes for a good series. Um, all the boys are really excited for it. It does make for a good series, but winning can paper over cracks, can't it? And I think there are some cracks there in that Australian side. David Warner, who I'll talk about in a moment, is one of those. But Cameron Green, your thoughts on Cameron Green, 13, 13, 55, or you can send us a text 0467 736 736. He looked like a, a player just completely out of touch with the way he was batting, particularly that first innings. He looked so nervous coming in with the score the way it was. You, I don't know about you, but I expected him to be a little bit more proactive. And what was he, five off about 30, and he could barely find the middle of the bat. Um, it was really troubling from, from my eyes to see a player come in. I know he missed out in actually getting a bat, in the first test, but to come in and just be so out of sort and then bowling, what did he bowl? Five no balls in three overs uh, when, you know, he took to the crease as Australia were bowling in that first innings, didn't get any runs really in the second innings as well. So I think that that would be of concern, not that I'm suggesting for a moment that, you know, he doesn't have a place in the side, but you'd like to think that he would have shown a little bit more, maybe, you know, in in that first innings, even a, a quick fire, 40 not out, and maybe a few more in the second innings and bowling with a little bit of um, rhythm and a little bit of spark, not bowling five no balls, heading into what is going to be a real test against South Africa, particularly here at the Gabba with the uh, South African bowling lineup that they do have. So Cameron Green, for mine, was one that you would like to have seen him play a little bit better, a little bit sharper, uh, and looked like he had confidence at the crease. He looked like he didn't know whether he could hit the ball. Um, 13, 13, 55 is that telephone number. Your thoughts on Cameron Green and whether or not you are concerned about him heading into the test. Well, you may have a thought about David Warner and his form heading into the test. Put all the, the dramas aside and you can't tell me that him releasing that statement and then his manager, James Erson, coming out the next day and uh, unloading on Cricket Australia has no effect on David Warner's approach to a test match or his mental uh, capabilities to perform at his peak in a test match. The timing of it was just crazy. The whole thing has been crazy. And Warner's form is just all over the shop. He's been bowled twice, dragging the ball from way outside off stump. Um, and then he dropped the catch and he was laughing about it. And I think one of the commentators even made the point, I wouldn't be laughing if I dropped the catch. I'm not sure where David Warner's head's at. And now he's got to come in and open against a really good South African attack on what is always a, a lively Gabba pitch. Whether or not they bat day one remains to be seen, of course. But what about David Warner's form? Uh, what are your thoughts on David Warner? Regardless of his captaincy dramas, is his form... He hasn't scored a test century in three years. And I think there's only been a handful of half centuries in his last 20-odd innings. Is his form good enough to warrant a spot? Does his uh, his record allow him to get through at least these th- three tests against South Africa? Or is it time for change? But if it is time for change, who do we change to? Marcus Harris is in the squad, but is Marcus Harris a better option for us than David Warner? It's all well and good to you know question or ask whether or not Warner deserves a spot, but who do you replace him with? 
And if Marcus Harris is next up, is Marcus Harris a better option than David Warner? 13 13 55 is that telephone number. Ricky Ponting had a little bit to say on Seven's coverage about David Warner and what lies ahead. Yeah, I didn't realise that there was that lean, to be honest. Was that coming on two years for a Test Match 100? Would you say four half centuries in his last 26 innings? And you, t- you talk about how things are getting tougher for, for Warner with the attack that the South Africans have got. Well, it's never easy in India either. Because we know what wickets will get over there. We, we will get turning pitches, no doubt about it. It's never been easy for any Australian batsman going there and trying to play in those conditions. And then on the back of that, what's after that? The Ashes in England. And we know what we're going to get there as well. We're going to get conditions that are going to suit Broad and Anderson again. And Robinson. Well, there's Ricky Ponting's thoughts, uh, former Australian captain, on David Warner's form at the moment and what lies ahead. South Africa, three test series. Now, the Gabba potentially could be the biggest test, although the MCG pitch bounces plenty nowadays too. Then we go to India for a four-test series against the Indians. Then there's the Ashes almost straight after that. You'd like to see David Warner show something in these next three tests against South Africa to warrant that spot in India and then to be at the peak of his form, as good as a form he could possibly be in for the Ashes because Stuart Broad is going to be at him from ball one, so too Jimmy Anderson, but Stuart Broad has the wood over David Warner. And if he goes to England and hasn't scored a century and maybe just one or two half centuries between now and then... um, it suggests that maybe we don't have the best opening combination. But what is the best opening combination if we don't have Warner? Is Mark Har- Marcus Harris the answer? 13, 13, 55 is that telephone number. Talk a little bit more about the test a little bit later in the morning. But there was an unbelievable T20 match played overnight between the Australian women and India. Over 45,000 people were on hand to watch India win in a super over. Australia made one for 187 off 20 overs, batting first and got beaten. India fought back. They made five for 187, went to a super over. India won for 20 from its super over. Australia won for 16. But it was some sort of match. Alyssa Healy, of course, is the Australian captain in the absence of Meg Lanning. They won the first game, the Aussies, last week. Then this game in front of 45,000. This is what uh, Alyssa Healy had to say on the loss to India. I think we probably just missed a little bit with the ball tonight. Um, and, I mean, they cashed in on that. But, I mean, what a game of cricket that was and, and what a showcase it was for women's cricket over here in India. And to see, well, I'm going to guess, 40-odd thousand people here to witness it. It was pretty special. It was pretty special. But the super over was the key. Um, and she decided to bowl Heather Graham um, in that super over, Alyssa Healy, ahead of Megan Shoot. Um, both have bowled well. Megan Shute obviously has the experience, but Heather Graham had had a good stint at the crease when India batted. Um, so Alyssa made the decision to bowl Heather Graham ahead of Megan Shute, and she was asked about that super over. Yeah, we, we tossed up whether it was going to be Shooter or HG, but I guess in that instance, you probably want to go with the bowler who's done the best all night, and, and HG did just that. So we just missed a little bit there and, and gave them an opportunity to free their hands. But, I mean, um, I thought we did an incredible job to, to keep in that game. I mean, I thought India were all over us right throughout that chase. So the fact we hung in there, um, I guess, got it to a super over at the end of the, of, at the, end of the day, I think uh, we, can, we can be pretty proud of our efforts. Yeah, 45,000, super over defeat, um, and... 
They, well, nearly 400 runs. Well, there was over 400, nearly 400 runs scored uh, in 22 overs. So what a, a great uh, a great credit for cricket, uh, but women's cricket as well. And just before we get uh, traffic and weather with Vanessa, South Africa, uh, sorry, Pakistan and England are doing it again. Stumps on day three, and they only need 157 more. Pakistan, the match will be over within four days. They're five, uh, four for 198, Pakistan. Needing a further 157, you could say evenly poised. I reckon it might just be in favour of England at the moment, a further 157 required. But we'll talk about that a little bit later, as well as the World Cup, England out and Portugal out and Morocco through and Argentina, Lionel Messi swearing at people and the Netherlands claiming that might as well hand the cup to Argentina now and people complaining about every referee that he gets put up. It just seems to be the case for soccer all the time, doesn't it? Uh, Eddie Jones calls are growing for him to return to the Wallabies again and the Bullets were beaten on Saturday night. So we'll talk about that a little bit later in the program. But love to hear from you. 13 13 55 is the Brighton Homes open line or you can send us a text 0467 736 736. Best of Patton Heels will be the focus over the next couple of weeks on Summer Breakfast with Mark Braybrook. Still, all the regulars will have uh, some of Heels' best gloves off throughout the year as well. And Chris Nelson will join us a little bit later in the morning, as well as a couple of uh, prizes to give away between now and 9 o'clock today. So we're on air until 9 o'clock for the next couple of Mondays at 17 past 6.